0: Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from If Wishes Were Hearses, A Mike Lanson Mystery, written by J. Harvey Bond. This canny reporter's next headline was likely to be his own execution. Mike Lanson was the ace crime reporter for the Gazette, So it was natural that he heard about the kooky wino who had reported eavesdropping on two men plotting a murder. So it was also natural that he got on the case after one of the two plotters was found dead. Mike, like all reporters, was looking for an answer. But when he filled in the five W's on the next victim, he came up with this. Who? Mike Lanson. What? His own murder. When? as soon as that fire reached the explosives. Where? In a deserted storehouse. Why? Because he knew too much. It looked a lot like the end of this story would be his own end. It was a strange dilemma for a reporter. How do you blow a case wide open when you're about to be blown apart yourself? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from If Wishes Were Hearses."
1: Chapter 1, Tuesday, 10.07 a.m. If I hadn't known the lieutenant better, I'd have thought he was drunk. His office at police headquarters reeked of alcohol, but Lieutenant Clyde Guffey is a conscientious cop, and that's why I knew that the odor, mixed with non-alcoholic stenches, arose from the body of his unwashed guest. Know this bum, Mike? The Lieutenant asked, by way of introduction, he was a bum this visitor. No word could describe him better. Unshaved face, clothes that were little more than rags, bloodshot eyes, and hair that have flora and fauna enough to delight any biologist. I have moved in police circles for nigh on to six years, Guffey I said. Freddie the Grape has been in jail almost as much as he's been out since I took over the Gazette's police run. But why, may I ask, does homicide interest itself in oddballs from Skid Row? Guffy is not an easy-going cop. He's dedicated to his profession. But today he was in a delightfully whimsical mood. For him, anyhow. His little round face was beaming with good humor, and he showed dimples in a smile. Perhaps on this unusual day, he even looked upon newspaper men in a charitable light. Freddie has moved into big time, said Guffey. He has uncovered a plot to commit murder. Let me be the first to congratulate you, Freddie, I said to the scruffy but rather average built man. "'Didn't want to get in no trouble,' Freddy croaked, blinking his eyes. "'Just an accident that I hear it.' "'Tell Mike about it, Freddy,' Guffy urged. "'Freddy squinted at me. "'He's a newspaper guy, ain't he?' "'One of the lousiest,' said Guffy. "'Mike Lanson holds nothing sacred and doesn't believe in secrets.' "'Crap,' said Freddy.' Only thing newspapers is good for is to keep you warm when you sleep in the park. Freddy is a believer in fundamental realities, said Guffy. He'll never have anything in common with a crazy visionary like you, Mike. I wanna lie down, said Freddy, squirming uneasily. Do you mind waiting a moment till I brief Mike on your background? "'Guffy asked, and without waiting for an answer, he turned to me. "'Freddy is a high-class wine, O Mike. "'He drinks nothing but Manischewitz and Mogan David.' "'I can't use that in the paper, Guffy. "'It's free advertising.' "'More crap,' said Freddy. "'Guffy beamed like a man who had just taught an old dog a new trick.' Freddie, we suspect, is the man who broke into a wine store on 12th Street not long before midnight last night. One bottle of Mogan David was stolen. Freddie never steals more than he needs, which is more than I can say for some thieves. Put me in the tank, said Freddie. I'm sick of this crap. Guffy paid no heed. Afterwards, he walked down an alley to Lakeside Park and hid in some shrubbery to consume his ill-gotten refreshment. While so doing, he overheard an interesting conversation nearby. "'Do you want to take it from there, Freddy?' "'Corrigan, and this guy didn't know,' said Freddy. "'This guy says, Corrigan, I give you $1,000 if you do the job.' And then Corrigan says, what? Me risk the hot squat for a measly grand? I didn't make like no patsy. So they talk around and pretty soon this guy I didn't know says, the way you do it, nobody link it murder. There won't be no hot squat. But Corrigan says, no, he didn't wanna. Pretty soon they go away. Corrigan explained Guffy is a stinko private dick. A couple times we tried to revoke his license, but he squirmed out of it. Oregon is a good guy. He gave me quarter almost regular. Once, on Christmas, he gave me dollar. But he's crazy. For $1,000, I would knock a guy off if it didn't look like murder. "'Take my advice, Freddy,' said Guffy in a kindly tone. "'Just stick to stealing wine. "'We wouldn't want to strap you in a chair and cook you. "'You'd make the state prison smell like a winery.' "'Crap,' said Freddy. "'This guy said nobody didn't get caught.' "'Is this for publication, Guffy?' "'How much can you print?' If you've got a confession signed by Freddy, we can print all of it, I said. But if you've got him charged with conspiracy to commit homicide, we can quote the police. But we can't mention this man Corrigan unless you bring him in to admit or deny it. If you're just going to sit there like Laughing Boy, I can't use any of it. I sent a couple boys out to pick up Corrigan, said Guffey. He opened a drawer and pulled out a piece of paper. Here's a carbon of Freddy's statement. He didn't sign this one, but we have two signed and witnessed copies in the files. I took the paper. It was in Guffey's language, not Freddy's, but the facts were just as Freddy had recited them to me. Although it didn't admit to burglarizing the wine store on 12th Street. Apparently, Guffey had allowed Freddy a little latitude in exchange for information. It stated that Freddie had been picked up by policemen not far from the scene of the alleged conversation, and that Freddie was intoxicated. Weird, I said, handing the paper back to Guffy. Do you think somebody thought he could get a murder done for a thousand dollars? Didn't he know about inflation? Freddie would have done it for a thousand. He would have botched the job. Nap said Freddie, just let me show you. How much experience have you had, Freddy? Did you ever kill anybody? I told you I didn't kill nobody. I could learn. Don't try it, said Guffy. There are occupational hazards. What did I get? Freddy asked. For not killing somebody? No, for signing the paper. Do I go to jail, or do you turn me loose? We'll pass the buck to the judge, said Guffy. You said I didn't get no burglary rap. No, but you could get 30 days for being drunk. Crap. You can't trust no cops. The phone rang, and Guffy reached out and picked it up. He said, Guffy speaking, and paused. I could hear an excited chirp, but couldn't distinguish the words. I'll be damned, said Guffy. You call the coroner? Well, get on the ball. I'll be right out. He hung up the phone. Who died? asked Freddy. Guffy didn't answer. He pressed a button on his desk. Then he turned to me. Get your hat, Mike. You may have a bigger story than you thought. The door opened and a cop came in. "'Put Freddy in the tank,' said Guffy. "'Book him?' "'I'll attend to it later.' The cop took Freddy out of the room. Guffy put on his coat while I stood there watching. "'Well, where's your hat?' he asked me. "'Hell, it's summer, Guffy. I don't need it. What in the hell has happened?' The boys I sent over to Corrigan's office found him dead, said Guffey. Maybe he took the thousand and the job backfired, and maybe the guy who offered the thousand figured Corrigan could do a little blackmailing, Guffey said. I followed Guffey out of his office and to the parking lot behind police headquarters. A few seconds later, we were on our way with the siren howling like murder. And it was. Corrigan had been shot in the back.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from If Wishes Were Hearses. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.